challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Well, it is Monday, the 16th of March, 2020, and we are, as I speak, in the midst of the coronavirus crisis. Just today, for example, the U.S. stock market has lost about 2,300 points. Uh, We are dealing with shutdowns left and right, as you know. Uh, Deaths are happening in some countries in the world at an astonishing rate. And it is, for many of you, the most fearful thing you've had to deal with in your life. Perhaps you were too young really to remember uh, when 9-11 happened. And so now this is really, other than maybe the 2008 financial crisis, the most fearful thing that's happened in your life. And so I want to talk to you just a little bit, talk to you from the heart, encourage you about some things. Um, I I expect that this is going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, That's not just me speaking. That's uh, many of our national experts. Um, But I don't expect that this is going to take, you know, forever, (laughs) that this is going to last forever. Um, There's very good indication that this is going to hit hard uh, and then dissipate already in China. And you can check this in news feeds that I'm uh, repeating on my Mansfield Rights Twitter feed. Uh, Already in China, hospitals that they built for the crisis, they are closing down because there's been a dramatic drop in the infection rate. So at the source in the country that uh, the the crisis, the virus originated from uh, and that geared up beautifully after some initial missteps, uh, they are uh, closing some of their makeshift hospitals that they had built to handle the crisis because the infection rate is dropping dramatically. That may be the back end of the wave that is currently impacting us. And uh, I'll quote someone, this is not obviously original with me, but with uh, Franklin Roosevelt, he said, the main thing we have to fear, in fact, he said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And frankly, I'll tell you, I think that fear is doing far more damage than the virus itself. The virus is serious. It could result in uh, many, many thousands of deaths, uh, mainly of the elderly and the already infirm. Uh, But it is not likely to kill more than the normal flu already was killing. Uh, This year, uh, winter season 2019-2020, already there were forty to 50,000 deaths from the flu, from the regular flu, uh, and we weren't even talking about them. So I'm not trying to diminish. I'm not trying to say it's going to be over by next Saturday in time for your date. Uh, I'm not trying to say it won't be severe. Uh, But this is, is this, we have to put this in perspective. Uh, It's not going to last for years. It's not going to decimate Western civilization. It's not going to um, even last for many, many months. In fact, uh, the experts are even saying that probably a month, maybe slightly more, uh, will be the hard time. So let's get a grip. Let's get some perspective. Let's get our grip back on God. Let's get our vision straight. Uh, I was reading this morning about a period of history that I uh, really have always been fascinated with, and it's just after World War One. As you may know, there was a Spanish flu epidemic in 1918, largely brought into the United States by returning soldiers from the trenches of World War One, And it was unbelievably severe. It hit very fast. And in the U.S. alone, 675,000 people died. Worldwide, somewhere between 50 and 100 million, if you can believe it. It was 
horrible. The stories are just devastating. It hit quickly. Uh, people died almost overnight. Uh, in fact, did die overnight. They died within a matter of hours in some cases. And by the way, uh, one of those who died uh, was the grandfather of Donald Trump. So he's got that in his family history. So it's important for us to gain some perspective. I, I certainly am not trying to minimize. I'm certainly not saying there's not going to be hardship. Uh, obviously, with all the shutdowns, there's going to be economic upheaval. Obviously, with the stock market declining almost 20%, there's going to be some economic difficulty. Um, but something rises in my soul as I look out on this, not happy about it, not celebrating it at all. But I do know that tough times like these, I do know that hardships like these make a people better. And so I can't help having digested the negative news and been saddened by it and grieved by it and praying about it and, and hoping for mercy from God. Um, the fact, nevertheless, is that seasons like this do make us better, do make us stronger, do make us more unified, make a tougher people, make a better people. And so that's my focus. But I'm talking to you as men now. And what's going on with you is that the people around you are going to need you. We talk a lot about leadership. We talk a lot about your influence. We talk a lot about the power of a man. Well, here's where it needs to be exhibited. Here's where it needs to be played out. The people in your life need for you to be calm, need for you to find that control room that I talk about all the time, that place from which you uh, look at your life and from which you lead. For me, it's prayer and uh, meditation first thing in the morning. Uh, for you, it may be something different, but but find that control room, be in it, get calm, get perspective, and be of influence on those around you. Your wife needs you. Your children need you. They need you to be calm. They need you to be visionary. They don't need you to be pie in the sky and ignoring the facts, uh, you know, and, and fighting the the fake news wars based on the latest cable news report. That's not what they need. Uh, they need somebody who's calm. They need somebody who's fun. They need somebody who remembers that we've been through such things before. Uh, they need somebody who's creative. They need somebody who's hardworking. Uh, and they need somebody who uh, knows how to make a pleasant evening of a family uh, bunkering in at home. Uh, many of you are self-quarantining. Many of you will spend many more hours at home than normally you do. Uh, many of you will spend many more hours with your family than you usually do. So it falls to you uh, to be the font of faith, the font of vision, the font of fun, um, to simplify life, uh, to relax, to know how to relax, to make up family games, have some good times. Um, it's just Bev and me in our home. We're empty nesters, but we're, we're playing some of our favorite card games together while we talk and watch the news, you know, having some fun with it. We're taking more walks uh, together, etc. This can be a good time. So here's some recommendations for you. First of all, as I've said, find that control room. Uh, find the place uh, where you literally physically sit, so to speak, and you think about your life, you pray, you look over your life, you make decisions, uh, you ponder uh, your world. Uh, it's important that you not be knocked off center by what is going on. Almost everything we're talking about, except perhaps the deaths, is temporary. Keep that in mind. I don't mean in the sense that, you know, we should be living for eternity and all this is going to burn. I mean in the sense that the stock market will come back. Uh, Delta Airlines reduced its uh, number of flights today by 40%. They'll be back stronger than ever in time. Um, the economy will come back. Your business will come back uh, if you want it to. 
uh, most of what we're talking about is temporary. So it's important that you not be knocked off balance, that you that you are able to stay centered. And that requires that you are living your life from the control room. Uh, number two, uh, bear in mind uh, that it's a good time to simplify. It's a good time to reduce spending. Uh, it's a good time to keep things as simple as possible. This is not only going to mean a better quality of life, uh, but it's the better economic approach. Don't stop giving. Don't stop being generous. That's an important part uh, of who you are. It's an important part of prospering. Um, and uh, and it's important that you not drop off in any way. But at the same time, uh, simplify your life just a bit. And then start asking yourself this question, what does this make possible? I know it may sound like I'm a conniving opportunist when I ask that question, but with more time at home, I, for example, had a, had a big old two-week-long trip to South America canceled. Uh, we canceled the events down there. We postponed them. Uh, we'll come back around. Uh, but, uh, for example, Americans going into some of the countries that I was going into, uh, you know, they required a self-quarantining of 14 days. Well, <laughs> that was longer than the trip itself, so it became ridiculous for me to go down there. So now I'm home for two weeks I, of open time. Well, what's, what, what, what does that make possible for me? Um, what in terms of workouts? What in terms of investing in bed? What in terms of prayer? What in terms of my life? What in terms of reading? What in terms of improving myself? Um, what in terms of preparing for, for what's coming? What in terms of investing uh, in those around me and caring for neighbors and so on? What does this make possible? Every situation presents possibilities. So what does this make possible in your life? I'm not going to the gym so much, but I'm doing a lot of floor exercises. I'm working out a whole lot more uh, in different ways. What does this make possible for me physically? What does it make possible uh, for me in terms of intermittent fasting? What does it make possible uh, in the ways that I'm that I'm improving myself? Uh, what can I study? What can I learn? What can my wife and I do together? We will emerge on the other side. What kind of person do you want to be when you do emerge, so to speak? And it could happen relatively quickly. If I've just got two weeks kind of self-quarantining, as they say, uh, I'm not really self-quarantining because I have anything. I'm just saying bunkering at home, staying at home. Uh, what's possible? So ask yourself that question. What does this make possible? And then second of all, ask not, not second of all, but down the list, ask yourself, what investment can I make in others? Uh, Bev and I now have some time together. What can, how can we invest? How can I invest in my social media? How can I invest in the lives of those I have on the phone? What, what difference can I make in people's lives? This is important. This is very, very important. And then one of the things I want you to do, and this is, this is the, rather the, the harder, perhaps even darker part for some of you, uh, I want you to keep a list. If you journal, put it in your journal. But keep a list uh, of the things that you will wish would be and could be in place if you go through this again. Uh, I'm sorry to tell you that if you are, let's say, in your 30s or 40s, you are likely to go through something like this again. Uh, we, are, we are dealing with uh, viral situations in the world. Uh, this is this was predicted. Um, it we 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 can't necessarily prevent it, but but it but it was anticipated, and so uh, it's important that we think about what would we like to be different in the future. For example, somebody might say, "Well, I wish I'd had some cash in my house," or "I wish I'd had a pantry filled with food," um, or "I wish I'd been more fluid," or "I wish I'd been living less paycheck to, paycheck to paycheck," or I. You know, or maybe you lead a church or you lead a business and you, there are things that you wish had been in place. Keep, keep a list of those. Um, this, I believe, will be relatively short. I'm not saying days, but it will be relatively short. Um, but we will 
see it again. Please hear me on this. I want to help you. You will see something like this again. I've been talking to you for a long time about grandma strategy, um, you know, where you make sure that you can get through a crisis, where you make sure you can get through a hurricane or a, or a flood or, or a tornado. Um, in Nashville, one of my two cities, we're dealing with both the coronavirus and recovering from a tornado. So uh, grandma strategy is just a matter of making sure that you have things in a pantry and you have some cash and you know how to run, use your tools and you know how to take care of things yourself and you've got a network of friends and family and you can get through a crisis. Well, make a list of what's missing in this situation. This will be a good test case. I realize it's more than just a test case, but it'll be a good test case for what's coming. And then you'll be able to approach the future with confidence. Um, do, do you, I recommend to everybody that they can get through life, uh, for at least 30 days without having to make a dime at least 30 days. Um, well, most people can't, we know that more than half of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. So how can you change that? How can you make a difference in the future? Make those lists and think those things through. Okay. So you're going to get through this. Uh, it's not going to be the end of the world. It's going to be a difficult, we're going to hear about deaths. Uh, there's going to be some challenge. We're already seeing some government incompetence and also some some government wisdom. Uh, good things are happening. Uh, you've got some you've got some tumultuous weeks ahead, but we will emerge on the other side. Life will go on. The issue will be what kind of people will we be when we emerge? What kind of people are we as we go through it? And what can we take from this valley uh, up to the mountaintops of our future? What I'm hoping for you is that when you look back on this. Uh, you look back on it grateful for what you were able to be and do, proud of yourself in a good sense, not the arrogant sense, but in a good sense, that you that you look at how you invested in people, that you look at how you simplified your life, that you looked at, look at the quality of your home, that you look at what you learned from this crisis, and that you're prepared for what comes in the future. This is what it means to be a man. This is what it means to live in this age. Uh, this is not the worst of all possible times. This is not a terrible time to be alive. It's a magnificent time to be alive. But all ages come with these seasons. Uh, ours, perhaps, our lifetimes, perhaps less than most. Uh, if you're in your 50s, you've had less of this than most generations have had prior to you. Think about the people who lived through World War I, the Great Depression, and World War II. Uh, and then came out and had an economic depression on top of that, for example, in England, one of the worst ever. So think about lives like that. If you are, let's say, in your 50s or less, you've had far less of that kind of thing. We're grateful for that. But we want to learn. We want to be better. We want to be prepared. This is what it means to be a man. I'm proud of you for wanting to be a good and a noble man. This crisis is going to make you better. This is an opportunity for you to do all the things we've been talking about and then to emerge even stronger. I'll be talking to you more about this soon, but this season has the ability to help make you a great man, also allow you to exhibit what it means to be a great man, and to allow this season to help fashion the life and the man that you have dreamed of living and being. To join the Great Man community, or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production. 